You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Vikings Talk is Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And I tell you guys I love you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I will ride with this group until they don't want us play more. Welcome in and happy Taylor Swift Friday. Gentlemen. Damn right. Judd, are you uh, you scouting the secondary market? Oh my God! Yeah, tickets yeah, tonight? yeah, yeah, left and right. Yep, um, you know, five thousand here, three thousand there. Actually, 12, I think we're 000. under. I think we're under six hundred dollars to get in the door tonight. Oh, really? Last I saw. Let me check here. Wow. I mean, that's still crazy. We're gonna go sit in the second to last row in the third deck at I'm a football stadium. Yeah, we are six hundred dollars. Hey, Hold we on. can get. Um, you could even get section one thirty six right now for five ninety. Okay, 136 so okay. is uh so are people panicked now like they couldn't they they tried to get oh, 135 five grand is a terrible view it's behind the stage oh, um, oh that's why outside outside uh, the yeah. stadium so uh well anyways um yeah we will be uh celebrating uh and and talking about taylor swift throughout this entire episode judd so be ready we're gonna be giving our I'm favorite forward playlist. To need a pecking order top four favorite tay tay songs as you like to call her the camp, the 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 uh, catalog's too big. I can't do it. I, I can't do a top four. There's yeah. far too many great choices for me. I'll give you my four by the end of the episode. Okay, make that, that happen. Make that happen. Good to me. Judd celebrates her entire collection, mm-hmm. going back to her country days. Michael, Michael Bolton. <laughs> this is a live edition of Feedback Friday here on Purple Daily Daily Vikings Entertainment. Thanks to all of you hanging out with us here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. So we go live around ten o'clock. Central Time every Friday, and then we also go live on the Score North YouTube channel at 11 o'clock-ish or so. The show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com. Inspire greatness with TCL. And uh, Surly is the presenting sponsor of Feedback Friday, kicking off the weekend in style, Judd Surly's before I die. That is right. We have a particular product here. It is the entire goal of this show, and it's the goal of our friends at Surly. Before I die, uh, has returned on sale now. I've seen it in in multiple liquor stores, of course, at your favorite bar. And here's a new twist, too, folks. At the liquor store, you can now get it for the first time in. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i love that that's right the 12er oh, the before that. i die 12er so there it is check it out N- new design new year same goal our friends at surly as always we appreciate their support here's the first question you can always hit us up we stockpile and get to as many of these as possible through the score north app there's a feedback tab that's the best way to get in touch with us as a show here ken olson i don't think it's the kenny olson from garage logic but no. Uh, it's a fairly common name, I would guess. But Ken Olson says, I honestly do not understand why Judd keeps saying Quasey should not have called JJ's contract a champagne problem. 
So you've been saying it was a mistake for Quasi to call it a champagne problem. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. Yes. Does Judd know what a champagne problem means? Quasi meant that having the best receiver in the game is a good problem to have. He would much rather be worried about paying him rather than go through draft picks trying to find him. Judd is stuck on champagne problem. (laughs) Okay, I'll explain this because on, on the surface, what he says makes sense, but here's where you shouldn't say that, okay? These negotiations, like I know that we all think, well, it's Justin Jefferson. Just go pay him. Just, I mean, give him everything. Give him everything he wants, right? Well, when Rob Brzezinski sits down to do this contract with JJ's agent and reps, they go back and forth. It's not a, hey, here's a blank check, fill it out, and we'll pay you. So anything that management says to indicate, this is, oh, man, we, this is a great problem, publicly is used against you. And so that's why I would advise, and look, Quazy's new. Like, he, he has not had this role. And yes, Justin Jefferson's a great player. But there is never a, there is never a time where you want to, in a situation with a contract, give the other side a leg up. And that's why I would not have said, because basically what he's saying is fill out the check. But do you, but do you think that that comment really has any effect on their conversations here with him? I, I think it's an unnecessary advantage is what I think. It's like a relationship, okay? There's a lot of small things in a relationship that actually big picture aren't a huge deal. But anything you give, you've given. You can't really take it back. What? That sounds so, healthy. So that's the thing. And I'm just telling you, I would not call. I would but not. So, you, so this- you, you think about relationships as like a negotiate, like a, it's a, you've been like in a 30 year contract negotiation with Don. Oh, it's not a, no, it's a give and a take. It's a give and take. That's what relationships are. They're given, they're give and take. And there are times where praise is justified and smart. Once Jefferson signed, go to town. This is the, this is a great player. But before he signed, what I'm saying is there's a reason why, beyond the the fact that his schedule was busy, there's a reason why he didn't show up at OTAs. There's a reason why this contract is going to take some time. And anything that you give now is an advantage to the other side. And that, unfortunately, is the reality of these negotiations. I I don't think his champagne problem comment, I think it was just a throwaway comment. I don't think it has any bearing on this. So I totally disagree with you. And I think this contract is so easy and cut and dry from a financial standpoint. He wants to be the highest paid, we think, non-quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going through here right now. Right now in the NFL, just average annual value. So Lamar Jackson is the newest. So his average annual value is $52 million. Jalen Hurts, $51 million. Rodgers, 50 Then you go uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15 quarterbacks are the, in terms of average annual value. Right. And then you get to Aaron Donald is the highest paid non-quarterback right now at $31.6 million a year, just ahead of Tyreek Hill at $30 million, TJ Watt 28. Regardless of what anyone has said about champagne problems or whatever, that's where the conversation starts. All right, Aaron Donald's at $31.2 million. The conversation starts at $33 million. It maybe gets as high as $35 million. It doesn't get to 40. Like, there's there's no precedent for that. I'm going to so, tell you right now, the conversation has started. And, well, of course. And, they, and the sides are not as close as we would think. 
But you're are you like you're you've been like painting a grim picture that they're not going to get a deal done. They're you're, go, they're going to get a deal fact, done, but wait, you, you can't give Florio. You rip Florio for yep. doing exactly what you're doing. No, no, I'm telling you how, how these negotiations actually work. I'm telling you how they work. It will get done, but you but you assume this is where it starts and it's fine. There is no easy negotiation here. There is a negotiation. I'm telling you, the Jefferson camp is going to want things that go far beyond just the flat number, how it's paid, when it's paid, how much is guaranteed. Anything you give them right now, they're going to take and say, advantage us, and they're not wrong. This is like last year when when Crazy actually, unfortunately, freaked himself out beyond belief, and I think got a talking to, his Kirk comments, which again, to USA Today, last spring, his Kirk comments were right on point. They were right on point, but guess what? He created a situation the Vikings didn't want to see. I'm saying you got to be very careful in that. It's why Spielman said nothing. And unfortunately, I would applaud him if he went to town every time he talked. But the reality is there's a reason why teams get upset about talking about the reality of Kirk or champagne problems. And those are because when we, when we give anything, it gets used against us publicly. Okay, but he's praising Jefferson with his comment. He was right. ripping Kirk with his Kirk comment. So he, what he did with Kirk is the opposite. He's trying to right, but so I'm he, saying he, in he both maybe cases, unknowingly raised raised Jefferson's value. He's diminishing Kirk's value right. publicly. And in both cases, that's not what the team wanted. But what does what do you mean? He is the, he runs the team. He is the team. There are people above, he runs the team. There are people above him. Ownership. But when, but when he when, but when he comes out and says Kirk Cousins isn't Patrick Mahomes, that's a leverage point. He's I'm not saying he did this intentionally. But he's saying, we're not paying him like, we're not going to pay him anymore like Patrick Mahomes. Right. And then they drew that line in the sand. So I just feel like it has, the champagne problems comment is not like. It's not a huge deal. I'm just saying it's a a slip up. It's a slip up that you don't want to say publicly. And I'm telling you right now, this this negotiation is not going nearly as smoothly as we would like to think. It's going to get done. But I've said this from day one. It is going to be a difficult negotiation because the contract is going to be so intricate. It'll get done, but it is difficult. Never Declan, give do, you, do you think Judd deserves to advantage. be criticized for ripping Mike Florio <laughs> this week for shining a light well, on how this might not look at this might not get done. Well, no, no, but no Florio's problem is he misread it. Okay. Florio was saying Florio was working off the report that the Vikings are in no rush to get this done. That's incorrect. They are in a rush. There's no advantage to waiting. But when you're in a rush to get something done, to get from point A to point B, you have to be as streamlined as smart as possible. And any advantage you give the other side impedes that. So I think they're going to get this contract done. I'm not, like, concerned. I don't think that this is a sound the alarm. You know, I know Judd and I did a death con level, I think, Phil, when you were out a few weeks ago, like, during the early parts of minicamp or OTAs on, like, how how, how panic should the Vikings be on it? I think they'll get it done. I was also told, you know, behind the scenes on Quasey and his comments about the Kirk thing from a year ago that, I mean, that USA Today article basically scared him and it made things super awkward. And I think some of those things he said to that reporter were mostly off the record and they were reported. So he got super gun shy about the whole thing that he wants to do. He genuinely wants to do more media and do more sit downs and stuff. But that interview really freaked him out. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now that off the record stunt crazy pulled was grasping at straws it was on the record he screwed up 
And then he went back and said, because he got he got yelled at. And then he's like, well, it's off the record. I got screwed. It's like, no, dude, when you say something with the recorder going, and if you can't, and by the way, the rule is this too. You can't give chapter and verse on Kirk and then say, oh, by the way, off the record. Yeah. Like it Every, needs to be clear to sit down. If you're talking yes. to an, a, a USA Today reporter, just assume that whatever you say. Yes, is, I agree with you. On totally it's like uh, Gr- uh, when Greg in succession sits down with the biographer and he gets all <laughs> nervous. He's like, are we? No, I, I didn't say that. That was off the record, right? He's it like, you're, I have a recorder said. on the table. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So that that's something. Look, he's new, too. I'm not even blaming him. Just to be very, very clear. This is a tough job, and he's doing lots of things for it the first time. So... I'm not trying to say that he's a dope and it was dumb. I'm all I'm saying is there are things to be learned here. That is all I'm trying to say. That's fair. I think you're getting a lot of support in the comments here for, for calling it like it is. Um, So we'll see what happens here in the next few weeks before training camp. So we asked you guys after uh, it was our Thursday Kirk cousins week episode, has the Kirk cousins era been successful for the Vikings? And we asked you guys to let us know what your thoughts are. I'm just going to read a few of these here. I, I, I grabbed four of them from the week here through the feedback tab. Jacob Carroll says, the Kirk Cousins era was 100% a failure. It's still going, by the way. You can't say it was. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's still moldable, I guess. The Vikings gave Cousins a quarter of a, of a billion dollars and are left with absolutely nothing to show for it other than a couple of embarrassing playoff losses. Cousins was brought in for one reason, take this team to the next level and win a Super Bowl. Zimmer was right about Cousins all along. I don't care how good the regular season record of last year was. If you can't even win a playoff game at home against an inferior opponent, the season was a failure. Maybe my take is harsh, but there are no consolation prizes in the National Football League. So we didn't contextualize the conversation this way, but after we got done, I gave it some more thought. And... I think it's very fair to say this. The Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer era was a massive bust. O'Connell is such a different guy, and he's such a different coach that I don't think it's necessarily fair at all. So let's try and, like, tie Cousins to – like, just say there's one one Cousins stint, which I know that there is. But the O'Connell thing is going to be so much different potentially, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, the 2018, hey – Case Keenum was great, but it's not going to work long-term. Mike, we're going to give you a quarterback that we trust and are going to pay a lot to. 100% a bust. But I think we got to also, if this is fair, hit the refresh button starting with 2022 and say, let's see where this takes them. Yes, it's funny. Like I like the way you put it because they created, by they I mean the, like Rick Spielman, I guess, and maybe ownership. They created a forced marriage in the middle of a successful era of Vikings football. They were one of the best franchises for the four years of Mike Zimmer. They were building something. They were averaging double-digit wins. They went to an NFC Championship game with Case Keenum as the quarterback, and then they forced a marriage that Mike Zimmer never wanted, and in the end, Kirk Cousins, in retrospect, probably didn't want either. At least Cousins and KOC is a marriage where both parties are sort of opting in. You know, Cousins signed an extension to stay. KOC came in probably had some sort of influence. I mean, ownership didn't want to just start over at quarterback, so there was some pressure there. But both guys, I guess KOC and Kirk opted into each other more than Kirk and Zimmer. So I agree. Jake Donovan says, in my opinion, the Cousins era obviously isn't a success given the lack of playoff runs made. However, 
if I were to word the question differently and ask, has Kirk Cousins been a successful quarterback on the Vikings? I would say a definite yes. He has not only put up good numbers, but led the team to a playoff win in his second season. And almost like the Cowboys game from last year, his offensive line basically gave him no shot in the divisional round game against the Niners. Obviously, I think since 2020, the defense has been so bad, he can't do anything about it, even when he plays great. Does Kirk obviously need more help than a Mahomes? That is an obvious yes. That's an interesting way to sort of reframe it. Has he been a good quarterback for the Vikings? Yeah. Has the era led to as many playoff runs and success as you thought? No. Uh, David Bruss says Cousins will never be a success. I watched four Super Bowl losses. I've seen them screwed up every year. Why can't they win a Super Bowl? Franchise quarterback. Cousins is not the answer. He has zero leadership skills, and he sucks in playoff games. He does not have that killer instinct and never will. And I'll give you one more here to chew on. This is a really good question from Andrew Kosky. Does Kirk Cousins himself view his time with the Vikings as a success? An interesting angle in regards mm. to this episode. I'd love to hear you guys explore. If you said, if you asked this question to Kirk, what do you think he would say? Uh, publicly, I think he would downplay that and and try and push the question aside in some way, shape, or form. Privately, um, privately, I think he would say it's all in how you look at at yep. it. So I don't think that he Kirk Cousins doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's ever going to be so self-reflective that he says, you know what, I came here 2018, I was supposed to win a Super Bowl and we missed the damn playoffs. So I think he would say it's all in how you look at things. And and I think he's always thought too, for a kid who was what, a, a third or fourth round draft pick from Michigan State, who was supposed to just be a slappy behind, you know, Robert Griffin the third. And he has made, you know, generational, life-changing money time and time again. I do not think privately he would call it a failure, but I think he would acknowledge that a playoff run would be nice. Yeah, I feel like, you know, he always talks out loud about stuff like that and like in circumstances and looking at all the full picture and stuff. And I, I think he would downplay it at the podium of, you know, yeah, we want to get a Super Bowl and I want to make a deep playoff run and win division titles and all that stuff. But I think deep down he probably looks at it as a success, as a success when you really boil it down. I, I think he would. From the money he's earned, from the players he's mostly got to play with, I think he would call it a success. I agree. I think, I mean, just from a like family standpoint alone, the amount, I think I think carving out the first guarantee, people talk about Lamar Jackson wanting to be a pioneer. Kirk Cousins was the pioneer. He got the first fully guaranteed three-year-plus contract in in history, so... That's a success. I think he would argue that the Pro Bowls and the numbers that he's put up and then the fourth quarter comebacks and the greatest comeback in NFL history, Like I think he would look at that whole resume of five years and say, I think he would acknowledge it would be nice to have a Super Bowl run, but that the whole thing put together is probably more than he would have drawn up when he was toiling in Washington. So um, before we get to a couple more here, let's shout out Our friends over at Federated, Federated Mutual Insurance Company has been helping business owners for over a 100 years down in Owatonna, Minnesota, face-to-face and eye-to-eye. That's how Federated does business, and that's how they stand out in the insurance industry. Their value-added customer service combined with risk management resources is key in providing the right coverage to help fit your needs. Federatedinsurance.com. If you're looking for a little guidance in elevating your business at Federated, 
It's our business to protect yours. Also, our friends at Livia during these summer months, helping you get in better shape so you don't feel, uh, maybe you don't feel like you have to hide yourself in the pool or whatever, right? (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, the guy on the left and the guy on the right, breaking news here, that's the same guy. That's the sports dad. So you're saying, hold on a second, that's the same guy? What a difference. And I'm going to tell you right now, the difference was made possible by my, by my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers a couple of years ago now. It helped me drop 40 pounds. Most importantly, they're going to help you keep the weight off. Uh, they did that for me. They've done that for a bunch of folks in the PD family, and they will do it for you, too. And here's the best part right now. Eight weeks for free. First eight weeks for free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. And also, if you would like what we are calling a score prize pack, that's right, a score prize pack. If you have used this weight loss option, if you have used this lifestyle change, we want to hear your your story. In fact, we're going to share some of them on this show. Um, All you have to do is email your Livia experience to share Livia at Score North. Share L-I-V-E-A at Score North. And again, if you do that, you're going to get a score prize pack. And more importantly, we can begin to tell some of the stories that go beyond the sports dad of the effect that the Livia program has had on Score North listeners and viewers. Awesome. All right, James Nolan says the NFL is hard pressed to find a hard knocks team this year. They still haven't announced a hard knocks. No, they can't. No, the Jets. I think the Jets are the prime team, and the Jets have no interest. So didn't the, and didn't the Lions want to come back? Or didn't they offer to go back to the Lions? I saw that as well. That oh, they, might be right. That I don't they know. Uh, they want to do the Lions again because no one else can do it. Well, well, let me continue this here real quick. So, um, what do you mean? Can't they just make a team do it? I don't think they can make a team do it. I thought they could make an eligible team, like like the Jet, like I think the Bears, I think the Jets. There's like four teams that all don't want it that are technically um, that technically can be forced to. So Phil, I don't know because it seems like they have done that before with teams. Super weird. So James mm-hmm. asks, why not the Vikings with KOC, Flores, Jefferson, a Kirk Pruvit year? So many likable people, great storylines. I would think that'd be a great choice. For the season, well, they're already kind of doing it with this Netflix quarterback series, yeah, right? Isn't that? I think that would probably probably uh, excuse you from. I'd love the to hard see it, knocks. I'd love to see like the behind the scenes stuff and like more about Kirk and O'Connell, and that would be great. Now, technically, the Vikings can't be forced because Scorn, they, Brandon says score north on hard knocks. Yeah, I, I'm afraid that wouldn't be as entertaining as that football. Judd sends me another evening, Judd, for, you know, the third night in a row, and I'm just throwing my phone against the yeah. wall. You know, there's there's just a lot of swear. Declan's yeah. drunk at the uh, Woodbury Applebee's, yeah. just getting getting texts. <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, the, I mean, the Vikings, are they're going to be showcased plenty with this, this uh, Netflix True. thing that comes out on July 12th. All right, Bad Dad Joke says, Declan, if you had to choose between brushing a horse, which is a huge phobia of yours, mm-hmm. or taking a vacation in Duluth, which you apparently hate, which would you choose? Is the vacation in Duluth for a weekend? Like, is it a 48-hour trip? Oh, I would say uh, 72. I think you're taking a Friday Nights. off. It's a it's a three-day weekend in Duluth. You get down there midday least, on Friday. Three. You at spend Friday three. night. Saturday yes. night, and then you come back probably like Sunday afternoon. Okay, mm-hmm. after a brunch on okay. Sunday morning. I'll I'll do the Duluth trip. I'll do the Duluth trip. I'd rather. I mean, do you that could brush a horse for thirty seconds and just be no. 
I'm not getting near those things. I uh, I do not like that. So I'll, I'll I'll do I'll suck it up and I will do a Duluth trip for for a weekend over brushing a horse. Can't do a horse. Freaks me out. Are you afraid the horse is going to kick you? What's the what's, yeah, the, what's the your horse the, fear? It, uh, yeah, the kicking is maybe in play, but just in general, don't stand I behind it. I grew up with horses, by the right. way. I grew yeah. up on a hobby farm. Stand you know how it. you avoid getting kicked by a horse? Don't stand behind the horse. Or you know, you know what's the safest way to go skiing? Don't ski. I'm I'm not going to go near the horse either. I I don't want to do that. No way. Dude, this is this is such an interesting phobia. Do you, like horses aren't even carnivores, man. Like they eat grass. The horse, is, the horse is not even interested in doing any damage to you. That's, That's okay. The... They can have the grass, and I can have the house. It's great. I, I don't want. I don't want to mix it. No, no, thanks. I'm good. Wow. Can't. People do it. are shredding you right now in the comments here. Look at this guy. Uh, let's see, Chad BB stand, which is a troll on Declan in it's itself. A double troll, yeah. This dude Dex tweets is a pansy. That's fine. Declan must have gotten his heart broken in Duluth from shockingly Cliff not Tang. No, no Duluth heartbreaks. Uh, I would say Duluth is one of my favorite cities in the country in terms of the views well, and the outdoors, the bar scene, the waterfront. I'm shocked everything. you don't like it. Yeah, it continues to be one of the most baffling things on the show. I mean, here. you went to St. Cloud. No offense to St. Cloud, no. but Duluth is gorgeous. I mean, yeah, you, Saint... you stand for St. Cloud in the Mall of America. I over stand Duluth. for St. Cloud State. I do not stand for the city of St. Cloud. Okay. That, that, ugh, no, thanks. Not at all. I stand for the school, wow. the institution. I didn't, I didn't know the you're going to The city is gross, dude. It's, it's a horrible city. Uh, people want to know, did Declan get kicked by a horse in Duluth? That's a good plot twist, but no, uh, that neither of those things happened. Neither of those things happened. Paul D., Dex's fear of horses stems from his horses are off. Uh, wait, sorry, I'm blending two together there. His fear of horses, uh, he must have fallen off a merry-go-round when he was a kid. The, uh, the, the state fair where they're always walking around, like usually the cops have like a horse through the street and they're craps all over the damn place. It just, it drives me nuts too. I'm trying to walk and eat my, you know, cheese curds and cookies. And then I got to, you know, look down to make sure I'm not stepping okay. in a horse, horse crap for the fifth time. Never go down. Then if you don't like this, never go to the French quarter because that's how the cops patrol that. The, mm. You would be so disgusted by that, that street. It's basically a combination of horse poo yeah. Alcohol that's been spilled and vomits. I like Dan's comment here. Declan, your fear, you should stay away from horse animals because they can sense your fear and react to it. Yeah, they can smell my fear. Horses, nothing now. I don't want it. Yeah, I anyway, yeah, actually, I did right, have whatever. one of one of my childhood horses uh, sensed my fear one time and actually stabbed me with a machete. It was it was crazy. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, all right, Sean Nias says, listen to the Write That Down segment. All I can say is Josh Metellus lives in my neighborhood. He's been in Minnesota all offseason. He looks yep. to be in amazing shape, ready for a great year. Uh, my son and daughter are really hoping he's a Viking for many more years because his wife gives out a ton of candy during Halloween. Nice. <laughs> uh, he says, a Friday question here. Um, actually, this is probably a deeper question about we should we'll get to this one. That's about like positional stuff in the future. Uh, Kanan Downer says, Hey guys, love the show. And I've been a Vikings fan since the Bounty Gate game. 
but I always see something I've never understood. What was the love boat? I always see Vikings fans talk about love boat. I don't know what it is or why it's significant. Can you please explain for fans like me what happened? What is the love boat? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, Fireside stories. Yeah. So the love boat was a, a bi-week cruise that was set up by Fred Smoot among others in 2005 um, on which they chartered two boats from a company called Al and Almas on Lake building. Minnetonka. And yeah, it was going to be team building, unfortunately. So there were some, let's just say this mistakes made. Unfortunately, what the Vikings did was, so they had like, so two boats, one for debauchery and one, I think that didn't have as much debauchery, including, you know, the debauchery boat was gambling, sex, strippers. (laughs) Was there a sign-up sheet beforehand so you knew? Well, let's just say Smoothie and Bryant McKinney, Culpepper, uh, a bunch of those guys were on boat debauchery. And so they go out on the lake, and it's I believe it's the Monday after they had played the Falcons. I think the by, it, it was Falcons game on Sunday. By week, they all went before that they went their separate ways for the week. They all did the cruise on Monday, uh, and then, of course, they were off on Sunday. And what happened was they made one fatal mistake. They imported the strippers from Atlanta, where they had just played, so they could go out and scout the strip clubs. And if you don't know, I guess Atlanta is notorious for its great strip clubs. So, um, But what they didn't do was... I haven't dabbled yet in my life. But what they didn't do, my friend from the strip actually was sent down there on assignment (laughs) to to try and find, and he found one of them. He found one of the strippers. Yeah. So wait. So did he and just like go into? It. He went into a strip club with his like little journalism up. notebook yeah. and was yeah, like, he "I'm was looking for candy." Yeah. He was Is sent there down there. Candy in here. Candy. He was sent down there to canvas the strip the strip clubs. I'm not joking. And he found like one or two. And I think he he wrote at least a story, if not two, off that. But anyway, what the Vikings players didn't think about was the help on the boats, i.e., the service staff. So it was a bunch of kids from like Minnetonka yeah, High dude, School. Like... So these kids are watching some very intricate acts be performed and they're like 18, you know, 17 years old. Um, But the story broke then, I believe it was the next Monday after when somebody had, one of the players had pulled over or a couple had pulled over and decided to pee on a person's lawn in the area. And so that like got the ball rolling, no pun intended. And the next thing, Care 11 had the first report of, you know, something happened with a bunch of Vikings on a boat. And from there, it took off. It was a defining moment, though. Like, that changed. That was the Wilfs' first year. Yeah. And it was a defining, defining thing because it had turned out in 2005. Get this. The Vikings with Red had had no real security staff. Yeah. And so, like, so immediately no, they hired... There's a lot of things that happen with NFL teams that you never hear about because right, they've got... they Right, because they employ, like, former FBI agents. Like, yeah. teams that, that are good, they b- can bury a ton of stuff. The Vikings didn't even have that that those people in place, so this was a complete mess. And it wasn't... Uh, I think it was Channel 5 had gone through the garbage cans and found... Brian McKinney. Uh, okay. Yeah, they, they dumpster-dived at McKinney's house. Actually, Channel 9, and, and this also graduated to a point where it became it became the news side reporters. So it wasn't yeah. just us sports 
yokels. Right. It was new side people. And I'll never forget Tom Lydon of Channel 9, who's really good, asked a question of Tice because they made Tice like the spokesman. Like instead of getting uh. a lawyer, Tice had to like talk about this. And one of the questions, and it's like this took like two weeks to unfold, but one of the questions was, is it true or false that you use the fine money gathered from players to fund to fund these boat trips? Now, you can't win that one because, like, what are you supposed to, you know, he's like, it was false. But anyway, it was just a complete. Oh, uh, it's glorious. And then I think I think the Wilfs wound up putting together, like, a code of conduct, right? They, they wrote, like, a manual love to of find how one. you're supposed to behave. I saw it, yeah. Guys were tossing it into their lo- lockers. I'm, I know you're going to be shocked by this. And it hadn't been read. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. So that's, and I think there's a Wikipedia page about it. The love, there's, there's a million different things you can probably pull out. There's probably like news reports on YouTube too about the love boat. But anyhow, uh, Gabe Lucas chimes in and says, I know there's a bunch of logistics that probably go into this and it's probably highly unfeasible for one reason or another. But as live streaming is becoming far more popular, you guys could easily make uh, like a daily live stream for Purple Daily and for Mackie and Judd. Plenty of guys such as myself who work in trades or truckers or anyone at work who listens to podcasts would listen in. Um, the algorithm seems to highly reward live streams as it's one of the only ways I actually get notifications from your channel. What's funny is, I guess the question is, and I'll pose it to you guys, should we be doing more live streams? Should we just go live every single day? What's funny is we used to do a live radio show every day for four hours. We were live streaming 15, 10, 15 years ago through our website and everything. And I think the scheduling logistics with some of our, we do like a bunch of different shows and we have different contributors and stuff. I think it would be hard, but I don't know. I mean, should we... I guess on-air production meeting, should we be doing more live streaming of Purple Daily and some of our other shows? Yes, and to a degree, yes. Um, I, I think there's a realm where we can go where even on Mondays after the game, I think that's an opportunity where we should be live streaming content's really hot, especially our hottest take um, segment and whatnot. So I, I think there is a realm to do that. Feedback Friday is just a fun one where we can do it. But yes, and also behind the scenes, like our logistics, sometimes the day of our schedule changes. Sometimes we have to do Purple Daily first. Sometimes we have Doogie first. Sometimes we have Write That Down conflict. So there's a lot of external things sometimes working against us. But I mean, in general, yes, I would love to do more live streams. I love the Monday idea. Yeah. Like if we just said, you know, whatever time, 9 o'clock or 9.30 on, actually 9 o'clock would be a fun time. We just yeah. go live at like nine o'clock on Monday mornings and do our our hottest Vikings takes and whatever. So, yes, Gabe, we would we would love to do more. I think we've kind of turned into more of an on demand company that goes live for moments. We go live on Fridays just for fun, basically. Yep. Um, and then we go live for peak moments, so post game right. shows of playoff games or Vikings vent line, and that that seems to have worked well for us the last few years. But yeah, like I mean. Look at some of the national shows, McAfee, Levitar, like the big national sports shows. They're not live on the radio anymore. They're live on YouTube. Yep. And then you can listen to the podcast back or watch it back on demand. And so, yeah, we probably should consider doing more more live streaming. And if if you guys have thoughts on that as an audience, too, like would you hang out with us if we went live at a specific time on different days of the week? Let us know. Do that. All right. Okay, uh, Cody Condon chimes in and says, if this team and current roster 
had prime Xavier Rhodes and prime Antoine Winfield on it, would the Vikings be Super Bowl contenders? Oh, I love that question. Um, no, no, give me, if I can add a third, if I can add the Williams wall or at least one of Ooh. the two, I think you're closer. Pat, um, how about Pat in the 3 4 defense here? Oh, God, just eating up space. Well, Kevin would get internal. I'd say probably Kevin would be the. Well, anyway, anyway, I think if we went Winfield, Prime Winfield, Prime Rhodes, and Prime Kevin Williams, yeah, yeah, I think you'd be damn close. Yeah, yeah. absolutely I, would be. I'd like yeah. your odds defensively. You'd be so. So you good. get you get this scheme, the aggressive Brian Flores scheme. You get a shutdown outside corner. You get a versatile, great tackling cornerback who can play inside or outside. I mean, that's pretty damn. Pretty yeah. damn good. I like it. Pretty good. All right, one more here. Steve Eisenbray says, here's an idea for one of your upcoming shows during the offseason here. A friend of mine and myself try to find odd football stats. One of our favorites is Larry Fitzgerald had more tackles than dropped passes in his career. <laughs> wow. Apparently, apparently he had 41 tackles and 29 dropped passes. And those Arizona quarterbacks outside. Yeah, of ball getting picked right. off all the time. Jeez. Yeah. That's a good idea, Steve. I don't know that we have enough time to look up those stats, but if you find them, just send them to us, and we can just have, like, Steve's stat of the week or something on Feedback well, like Friday. Steve's that. stat of the week. You're hired, Steve. We'll pay you uh, in surly, empty Commission surly cans. jingle. <laughs> Steve's stat of the week. Can I, uh, can I get my top Taylor songs, or should I do that on Mackie and Judd, Minnesota Sports Mackie and Judd? Uh, no, I think you should, I think you should do it right back. now. Presented by our friends at Surly. Here's the Surly cheers to Declan's list All right. here. Get that right. tan front there and center. Go. There we go. Right there. Before right there, I die. folks. Go I have that. top four with an honorable mention. So honorable mention, I will use Tim McGraw, which was her first real big single that she had um, when she was more country. Uh, and that one's a great song. It, it's it's a good one. Really good one. Go check it out. Number four, Wildest Dreams. And I think a lot of people might have this one higher. But Wildest Dreams is a banger. It slaps. Great song. Love Wildest Dreams. <laughs> it's a banger that slaps. Uh, number three, Sparks Fly. Young high school Declan. Love this one. This was in the early transitions uh, into her popular songs. But Sparks Fly is great. Uh, number two is Red. And two and one here are really tough because Red might be my favorite song by Taylor. I love I love Red. gets me going. But I think Blank Space is her best song. I, I think Blank Space is absolutely her best song. Her catalog is incredibly deep. Uh, but yeah. that's how I would go. Honorable mention, Tim McGraw, Four Wildest Dreams, Three Sparks Fly, Two Red, Number One, Blank Space. Wow, the Swifty. The resident yep. Swifty here. Yep. Off. I have no idea. I'm going to have to go find those songs. I have no <laughs> clue. I'm sure I would know, know a couple if I heard them, but. Do your homework. It's not just tonight, too. It's tomorrow, too. It's a Swifty weekend yep. at U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, yeah. What what did we re- rename downtown for the Swifty week? Swiftyapolis. Jacob Fry. Yeah. Did we really need to do that? You know, that's so us. Like, like we always let's take just, something too just, far. Right. It's right? like, it's no, like, let's just. Uh, oh, we're cuter than everybody else. You know what they'd say in Boston? We held a press conference for that. I know. I know. It, it's just we don't need to do that. Like, let's be let's act like we've been here before. OK, the Beatles played <laughs> Met Stadium in 65. Let's not act like Taylor Swift. And this is no this is not a criticism. She's great. But let's not act like this is the first time a big act has come to town. Right. We're, we're actually a pretty huge event we're, city. 100%. Super Bowls, so like all these big like, things. Oh, we're going to name it Swiftie. Yeah. Why? We didn't rename the city when the Super Bowl came to town. 
Let's let's call let's Goodellville. Let's, yeah, I'm with you. Let's act like we've scored a touchdown before here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This let's put the ball down. This is not the this is not the Super Bowl. This is, you know, a regular season game. It's game twelve. We're up thirty rip. Put the ball or hand the ball hand to the, the ball official, official. Yeah. And then Come just on. be done with it. <laughs> Swift, yeah. Totally please. agree. Totally agree. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us here live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel for a feedback Friday. Purple Daily. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Before we die.